Hello and welcome to the Road to Nowhere, a quote-unquote new Marvel Champions LCG podcast where we promise if you join us on this journey, we're going absolutely nowhere. Uh, Joss, how are you doing today? Amazing. Uh, the you know this new podcast is kind of like my 11-year-old still being my baby. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, just just got back from a, a walk with the dog and and ready to talk some Marvel Champions. Love that. Yes. Um, I didn't introduce myself. I'm D House, but uh, I'm really excited this week, a little bit extra because we got the Doctor Strange movie dropping this week. Are, do you have tickets? I'm going to go middle of the day next week when it's going to be really quiet in the theaters. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah. I uh, I had some friends. We, um, we were trying to figure out when to go and we waited a little long, but we did get tickets for Thursday at six. So, um, <laughs> I'm I'm excited. I I'm like so terrified of seeing spoilers. Like I just don't want. Like I just basically I think I don't know. At some point today, I think you know reviewers can start posting reviews and spoilers are going to start popping up. And so it's like, you know, just don't go on any social media. Don't look at anything and just just enjoy the movie. <laughs> this this is a possible full full podcast to discuss this sort of thing. Anyway, hilarious. But I. I personally don't mind if I kind of know what all the stingers and after credit things are and all those sorts of things before I go. Cause, wow. Well, just because usually I've seen a lot of that stuff already going around in the rumors. Um, in yeah. The things I've been to, so I, it's, you know, it's rarely a surprise. It's more like just a confirmation. So it's kind of the movie itself is the thing I don't really want spoiled. I kind of want the movie to unfold. But those those little things that are just kind of meant to be the things that transition you to the the next big event I, d- I don't mind having those spoiled quite as much actually okay so so you were the you were the kid snooping in the in your parents closet growing up looking for christmas presents because you just wanted to know what i'm coming. no i'm i'm actually the opposite of that believe it or not <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i'm i i don't mind learning that information i don't necessarily seek it out yeah okay all right that's fair yeah i've, I've actually never been the the person who does that um for for whatever reason so i I, i'm very happy to speculate and then i'm very happy to learn what's going on with my speculations or to not learn yeah i love that well i'm excited it's a good week for marvel uh it's also the we are currently in the final few days of season 10 round five uh but we're not talking round five today we're talking round four correct um with the big old baddie Red Skull. Are you ready to dive in? I am ready. So if you're if you're ju- if you just start listening to us and you're like, what what's this podcast all about? We're talking about the Solo Champions League uh, for Marvel Champions. Um, always in the show notes, I'll link to the website for the league, so you can read all um, on your own. You can also click the Discord link and hop in the Discord. Uh, but basically, every season, five rounds, solo play. You have directions on what villains and modulars to play, difficulty, heroes, aspects, all that fun. So uh, for round four, we had Captain America's favorite baddie, uh, Red Skull, with all of his scheming and his side schemes. Uh, We were playing Red Skull with Hydra Assault and Masters of Evil modular sets. And the difficulty was on Expert, so you could choose uh, Standard 1 or 2, Expert 1 or 2. Uh, heroes. We had five options for heroes this round. Uh, Iron Man, Miss Marvel, Rocket, Venom, 
or Gamora, uh, but you, we are locked into leadership. Um, so that was a little, I was like a little bummed because I know with the Sinister Motors box drop and I wanted to play Justice or Protection, but it's also, right. you know, I get it. And then last but not least, we had some campaign upgrades. One of the cool things that we can do in this league is add some kind of spicy touches and Innsmouth Bear does a great job at this, but uh, you could add a uh, tech upgrade and a, con- a basic condition upgrade from the Rise of Red Skull box. And then you also, every round you had two rescued heroes from the Taskmaster uh, scenario where it kind of changed every every time. But essentially, you'd have two in your deck each uh, each round, which was a pretty nice, especially when you're running leadership with a zero-cost uh, ally. That's always a good thing. Oh, um, oh yeah. amazing. So, uh, yeah. So, Joss, talk to us about Red Skull. Red Skull... I don't know he's kind of he's one of one of the neater villains honestly um you know, his most interesting mechanism is that he has this separate deck of side schemes so all the side schemes that would normally be in the counter deck are in a separate deck he comes with five that start in that deck one that starts in play and then whatever extra module uh side schemes that come in from the modulars also go in that deck so in this case we actually had six that started in that side one the thing that's really neat about these ones is that three of them actually have fairly decent benefits when you clear them so for mm-hmm. example prison camps this is the this is the one that people actually build some of their strategy around sometimes we'll, we'll talk about that later but prison camps comes in with three threat it has an acceleration icon on it and it has the when defeated the player who defeated the scheme searches their deck and discard pile for an ally puts it into play and shuffles their deck so you get a free for just so three thwart you get a free ally. It's, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, and that ally could be Nick Fury, giving you three cards. <laughs> and, and that ally is very often uh, Nick Fury. The you know the only exception is when people are trying to bring in your giant mans or your Goliaths or something yeah. like that to you know really impact the board in some different way. But but Nick Fury is kind of the obvious one that most people rightfully choose. There, there's another one that lets you shuffle some cards back into your deck, and there's another one that defeats a non-elite minion and that one actually for me ended up coming out at just the right time almost every time this past yep. this past round so it actually had something useful to get rid of well those masters of evil guys c- popping out i mean they're those those aren't elite i'm not misremembering that am i correct um i mean those guys especially because some of them i mean with seven health you're like dear goodness i spent so many resources toward that so that i totally agree that hydro reinforcements there a lot of times i was like Hoping, like, give me the reinforcements. Come on, give me the reinforcements just so I could take care of this minion without having to, like, actually use all this damage or uh, events. Right, well, and the, and the flip side of it all is that, you know, because not all of the side schemes that are in the deck have these amazing benefits, and because we had all those extra resources provided to us through the campaign upgrades, you know how how this round played out could go radically different because you could see just all three amazing ones right off the bat, or they could be at the bottom of the pile, and that could really change how the game went. I totally agree. I, the sensor of the past, I feel like I kept getting that one right at the end of my deck, where I knew, um, just by defeating it, each player chooses up three cards and discard pile, shuffles them in your deck. Like I just, I was like, this is so key because I like I can shape my hand exactly what I want my hand to look like this next turn. It's it was it was pretty pretty interesting. Right, I definitely like that overall, just as an ability that we see in in different things. You know, we see we see Ms. Marvel have something like that. We see Wasp have something like that. I think those kind of being able to, like you say, shape your future hand is pretty awesome. Or just get more double resources back into your deck. Yeah, 
The other things that he has going on are his stage two and three both make you take an extra encounter as a when revealed effect. So there's some interesting timing things that you have to consider. And it also means you start, you know, a little bit behind on resources compared to the villain because you have to deal with multiple things on that first turn. And then um, finally, he he ends up having quite a bit of toughness. There's things that, you know, give him a tough and he attacks you sort of thing. He has a bunch of attachments and a couple treacheries that give him extra attacks. So you're, you'll expect to take a bunch of attacks, have to deal with some toughness, have, you know, there's a retaliate attachment and and some other stuff. But, you know, so nothing too terrible from that perspective, but still definitely lots of annoyances. Love it. Love it. I'll talk about the, the modulars real quick. The, there's two modulars, Masters of Evil and Hydra Assault. Masters of Evil is a five-card modular. There's four Masters of Evil. They all are pretty beefy with five to seven hit points. And they all have kind of annoying effects when they attack. You know, like this has to be blocked by an ally or discard a card or something like that. So they're they're definitely ones you want to deal with as soon as they come out. One of them, Melter, has five hit points and is kind of the one that if you ever need to pull one out of the deck is the one you usually pull. Oh, just wait for a story on Melter, though. Well, we're going to come back to this moment right here. <laughs> I, I was going to say, with the exception of when you get attacked, because Melter forces you to block with an ally. So that, that always can be really uh, annoying. And then there's a side scheme that... Sorry, it's a seven-card modular, not five. There's there's a side scheme that, when revealed, uh, draw pulls out a Masters of Evil. And then there's two treacheries as well that bring out Masters of Evil. So there's... In addition to the four minions, there's three more cards that will bring out Masters of Evil. So you'll definitely have to deal with some of them during a game. It's, I mean, these games were relatively short, I think. So it was possible to get out of it without dealing with one. But boy, there's there's certainly enough things in the deck that will cause them to come out. Yeah. And then the other modular was the Hydra Assault modular. That one's, you know, it's just got some kind of mostly piddly minions, three to four health. So we've got the two jet troopers that have quick strike which is kind of one of those things that really you know choose away at your your health because the quick strike usually you just kind of have to take it and then three of these hydra exo soldiers that were also in the main deck from from red skull so there's kind of some hydra things that's coming in from hydra assaults and some hydra things that are coming in from his actual deck yeah those uh, little four health hydra flame soldiers they're, they're not i mean they're just once game one attack but that attack the force response that uh, if, he, if he makes undefended attack against you, discard support you control. Pretty annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely was like one of those, like, I, you know, deal with me or this could hurt you unless you have no supports. But he was right that for me. Well, this is kind of a spoiler, but he was in that r- nice four, four health spot for uh, Rocket ally to uh, take care of. Like every time I feel like Rocket's, you know, four attack uh, when hitting minions, it was like, oh, great. That works perfectly. Right. Ultimately, this was a bad set to draw gang up on on a turn where you might get a minion and then get gang up because then both the villain and the minions are attacking you, and and most of the minions in in this set are doing something annoying when they attack you. Yeah, we'll come back to that as well. <laughs> I talk about right, my games. Right. Um, but so good. All right. So yeah. So hero selection again. We had Ro- Iron Man, Miss Marvel, Rocket Raccoon, Venom, Gamora. Um, definitely some interesting options here. Probably one less inter- one that was like astronomically less interesting than the others for leadership specifically. But what what did you think? 
I mean, I'm curious which which heroes you actually tried out this round. So for for me, so I I went in with I I, I locked in my official games with Gamora. Like I kind of knew the second I saw Gamora hit. It'd been a while since I played Gamora, and I always enjoyed playing Gamora. And I like her unique deck building options to throw in some um, some attack and thwarting events. Even though we're playing leadership, and leadership doesn't necessarily scream you know, attack and thwart and abusing her ability, but she has enough in her own kit. And with those added cards, I still felt pretty good about it. And obviously her stats are really solid with uh, two thwart, two attack, two defense. Um, and then I added in the basic attack upgrade. So it was even, yeah, it just made a lot of sense. So um, I ended up leaving. I, I knew I didn't want Venom. Um, it's, he's just too good. And I have a guy in my alliance who uh, does not play very often. So I knew he would probably benefit from, um from using venom and um so i i didn't i didn't do any test games outside of just playing gamora i i i don't love playing rocket i appreciate rocket i don't love playing rocket miss marvel i enjoy but not with leadership like i just i didn't even sit and try to figure out like how do how do we like how does miss marvel leadership even uh work so if if you're out there and you did it well done um and then iron man so i'm this is this is so cheesy but when i got the corset years ago um and we opened the box and i was looking at the heroes i was playing with some friends and um i was just talking about how of all the corset heroes i iron man just did not interest me at all i didn't i I don't really enjoy iron man as like even just like a a character a hero in marvel like uh it just i don't know he it feels so forced sometimes i don't know i don't i don't i don't connect with them so i just told them i was like i'm just never gonna play iron man when i play marvel champions and they're like yeah right you'll probably give it at some point but i am telling you to this day i have never played iron man on in marvel champions because of that that oath i swore during the course that day so We'll we'll see if you're able to maintain that or if you're gonna skip the round because um it's been it's been a few seasons since we've been forced to play Iron Man, and since we get kind of forced to play different heroes, we might never have Iron Man as the only hero again, you know, because we have those multi-aspect rounds where you yeah. get to choose any aspect, but you're forced to the hero. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, the, the League might force me to do it at some point, but we'll see. Well, it has happened in the past, so you, you might have actually danced around that. Okay, well, there you go. But what about you? What, what'd you play? So did you only try Gamora then? You didn't do any practice games? Yeah, I, I really... I, honestly, I don't do practice games much in this league at all. I, a lot of it's just due to time and commitments and stuff like that. I w- would love to do that more. But honestly, all my extra Marvel Champs times, I was playing Sinister Motives. Like, so I was kind of like, oh, I just want to jam solo Champions League. And I, just, I'm, I am loving Sinister Motives and, and Ghost Spider specifically, like just tinkering and trying different things. So... Any extra champs times, I'm like looking at the new shiny thing in the corner instead. Very fair. I I mean, as you know, I quite quite enjoy the practice cycle, and it you know it turns out that I the folks that I got into my alliance with are kind of a really well matched bunch in terms of that. We we all really like doing the practice games and refining the decks. That process seems to be pretty fun for all of us. So I usually end up trying the majority of the options, unless one of my alliance mates claims something really early and then i usually just kind of don't engage especially knowing that i might end up doing a team up game with them and getting a chance to have it any um play that option anyway 
I just I automatically said no to Ms. Marvel, even though she's yeah. one of my one of my favorite heroes. The the fact that the main scheme only had eight threat, yeah, and leadership still does not have any real tools to kind of facilitate flipping when there's a, a main scheme that has a threat that 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 is that low. Yeah. Um. I just I just automat. I mean, if I'm gonna play Ms. Marvel and not be able to flip, I'm not probably gonna have as much fun as I want to have. So I I, yeah. didn't, I just didn't even bother. And you really have to with her. Yeah, I mean, we'll see later that people had some success uh, with her, but it, I mean, it, it just felt like that was a barrier that kind of what I find fun about Ms. Marvel, I wasn't going to have access to, so I just didn't bother. Um, so I tried everybody else out. Uh, I ended up playing Venom. You know, he, as you point out, he's he's quite powerful. I felt like that was kind of the most consistent games that I had were were overall with Venom, so that's that's how I ended up going. I, I did have a ton of fun with with Gamora. Rocket's my favorite hero. So <laughs> you know, in contrast to to what you're saying, you're you're not you're not big into Rocket. I, I quite love Rocket. So but I, I know he is a little bit weaker than Gamora and Venom. Yep. And you know, in this case it just felt again kind of the consistency I was able to achieve. I was just a little more interested in Venom. And then Iron Man, I'm I'm also not the biggest fan of Iron Man in the game. However, and this was something that Tony Tails talked about in one of his, I think, like his fun tier lists for 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 the heroes. What is really fun about Iron Man is actually the high wire act of getting him set up, because you you start with a tiny hand size where it gets augmented by however many tech cards you get out. So if you can't get those tech cards out early, you basically need to stay in alter ego or else the game just goes down the tubes. Yeah. So there's this really fun, challenging high wire act of getting him set up. Once he's set up, he's kind of not that interesting anymore because he just takes over the board completely. But getting him set up is fun and interesting. So, you know, maybe that's not exactly how I like to play solo champions league as a person who was just talking about having lots of, wanting consistency in when i'm making my choices but but this specific round because we had all those upgrades and other things you could actually get out quite a large number quite reliably get a decent number of tech cards out so that it was quite feasible to flip on the first turn because you'd usually end up with a hand size of four by the end of that first round so it was pretty feasible um which of course then made iron man not as interesting because the high wire act was gone but Anyway, I still played a few games because I wanted to see how how far, how quickly you could push to getting that setup done. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. So yeah, so we had the campaign upgrades, uh, the, the basic ones again uh, that we had last time. So, uh, And then the condition uh, upgrades as well. So um, I switched it up a little bit um, personally, but because uh, I was going, last time I was like big on the basic thwart upgrade, and emergency teleporter. This time, I went with the basic attack upgrade and the tactical scanner. Um, but did you did you try anything different this time? No, I mean, no adrenal stims. <laughs> <laughs> no. So the, I mean, I I love the emergency teleporter, especially when we're in leadership, just because of the types of decks that that you could do, right? So I, I mean, I think I think these tech upgrades benefit leadership the most in terms of kind of making interesting things possible not just speeding up the game what you can do with emergency teleporter by bringing in minions that you might have to rely on getting to the bottom of your deck before you can play those sorts of things i think are interesting again just consistency i just had a tactical scanner and uh i think attack upgrade yep 
Um, so yeah, so then we had, yeah, we had the rescued heroes, um, which was always great because like I said, with leadership, make the call. If you have those zero cost guys and you can just play and make the call and drop a, um, a nice uh, zero cost ally in, that's, uh, that's pretty good. The the value on that was spectacular. Um, easy, easy, easy up, especially against the, maybe a little bit more challenging, uh, villain in, in Red Skull on Expert. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's no doubt that without all those extra things, Red Skull is kind of on the high end of the challenge list. So it was it was kind of neat to bring this back down into the place where pretty much everybody was able to have a decent amount of success. Yeah. Then we were this this round was on expert. So uh, you could go any combination of um, standard one or two with expert one or two. I went with standard one, expert one. I just, I don't have any guts or glory, you know, just standard, keeping it simple. Any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I've been, I've been aspiring to consistency more than anything. So I haven't been trying to add either standard two or expert two. I think there was a small handful of people, uh, Matthew Noodles from my alliance doing standard two expert one. And uh, there was three flight three players that picked standard one expert two, which is there's just kind of some neat things that happen in in some of those different ones because I, I don't know if you remember the standard two set has this formidable foe environment that comes out that gives the villain steady. Yeah. So as soon as you go from S one to S two, you're you're making this choice to play against steady. So if you're playing a a, a hero that kind of relies on status effects, you're you know so doing standard two with venom was kind of a lot more impactful than doing it with gamora yeah for example yep there's still kind of some funny stuff because there's way fewer people that have done standard two expert one or standard one expert two in the in the database and it's usually people that are brave enough to do it kind of the way the scores get balanced out those people don't get rewarded for taking on the difficulty quite as much as they should but i i I definitely love that people that want to go out and and do those extra challenges and more power to them I'm not there yet, but may- maybe maybe season eleven. We'll see. <laughs> I've already gotten relegated from uh, you know flight one to flight two in one week. So you know, uh-huh. let's let's be honest here, guys. Right. So that 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 worry is now gone from your life, and you can just I relax, know. right? Except now I'm like, well, am I gonna get relegated to flight three, and then you know, <laughs> maybe he'll kick me back into training grounds. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> cool. Anything else on the scenario before we get into, like our choices and results? As usual, I, I have a quick look at the number of people picking some of these advanced difficulties, see either standard two or expert two. And we saw, as usual, flight one kind of had the highest fraction of people. 38% of the people picked uh, standard two or expert two. Just 7% of us in flight two did. And then flight three had a huge uh, 21%, actually. So flight three was much braver than flight two this round. There you go. All right, jumping into like our personal choices and results. Uh, I've already kind of talked about mine a little bit, but I did end up going with Gamora with the basic attack upgrade and the tactical scanner. Um, I went with the uh, sort of like regroup toe-to-toe shenanigans um, uh, kind of strategy. So regroup is the one cost upgrade from leadership where uh, if an ally... Uh, dies from a villain attack, it goes back to your hand instead of the discard, and then for basically stays in round, stays in play for the whole round, and then um, and then goes away at the end of the villain phase. So if you're getting multiple villain attacks, uh, you just get a lot of value from from regroup. And then toe to toe is a one cost aggression uh, card, which 
Gamora sneaks in, and it basically you uh, for one cost the villain attacks you, and then you deal five damage to him. So you can kind of see like with regroup if you're you you know you don't mind losing an ally, especially one of those zero cost guys. Uh, you can let you know let the villain attack you. You know, pay the one, do five, get the zero cost ally back in with with regroup. A lot, lot of cool, lot of cool uh, moments there. Um, though I will note that because uh, I had I've never had so much fun playing with toe to toe, um, but twice when I played this, the red red skulls bo- boost card was the one I forget which one in his kit, but it had the boost effect that gave him tough. So the five damage never happened. <laughs> so so I, I paid one to bring an ally back to hand. You know, like. It was uh, it was very anticlimactic uh, and uh, and really sad, but um, but yeah, was able to get w- wins in seven, five, and seven. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I I was just gonna say that the one you're talking about is called spreading lies. So it's a it's a treachery that's one boost icon and one boost effect icon, and 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 then the boost effect is give Red Skull a tough status. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that it happened twice made me really sad, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, so, okay, this is the moment I did in game two. I had, even though I finished in five, I had pretty, I think I, there was no threat. I think I ended up with, like, four hero health, so not not as clean as I wanted to, but it was the Mayhem Treachery um, that brought out, uh, I ended up bringing out Melter, because I was like, okay, you know, five health, I can take care of this real easy. I had one more uh, encounter card, and then that encounter card ended up being Gang Up. And I, so I had like, I had a, a couple allies. They both ended up dying to Red Skull attacks and Melter killing them. And then I couldn't take care. It was like, it was just a terrible, like, oh, I, and I wish I would have done this a little differently. Um, so it was a little unfortunate. But, uh, but overall, I mean, I think between toe to toe and decisive blow, I think my first turn of each game. Uh, you know, it was so easy to take him. I think he's. I think Red School starts at sixteen, maybe if I'm remembering correctly. Um, I don't know. You can correct me on that, but let's see. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, sixteen. Yep. Okay, so yeah, so uh, between toe to toe and like decisive blows, you know, after a, a thwarting something, you know, it's pretty e- pretty consistently Red Skull was down to two or three or four health at the end of the first round. Um, and I think one, I think one round, I even popped him to the second stage on the very first turn of the game because of those extra five cards. So, um, yeah, so I had fun. It was great. Not my, not my best scores. I uh, ended up finishing. I think, oh, it was somewhere in the middle. I think twelfth in flight two or something like that. But still had fun. Right. Was it just for those who don't remember the names? Decisive blow is one of Gamora's uh, attack cards from her kit. That is deal four damage or deal yeah. seven if you did a thwart yeah. first, which is what you were alluding to, David. And so, I mean, I do remember, I kind of remember having, you know, a similar sequence to you where I was getting to choose which Masters of Evil to bring out and I had an encounter card. And, you know, I, I really looked at kind of the state of the board and how much damage I was able to do. And I think I brought out one of the six health Masters of Evil instead, just because I, I knew... <laughs> I could just yeah. sense that it was going to happen, you know, um, and and so and I had I had a clean way to deal with the, even at six health, so so I ended up going that way. But but yeah, you can definitely get burnt. Melter, if he ultimately does get to attack, stinks. 
Um, but if if you if you don't have to have him attack, the fact that he's the, got the least health of all the masters yep. of evil is is what's good. Yep, yep. yep. What about you? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, as you pointed out, Venom's pretty powerful. I ended up having, in terms of consistency, it was kind of silly. Every single game was four turns. That's amazing. <laughs> one of the games I had one threat and max health, and all the others I had zero threat and above max health. So like, I mean, it it performed quite well and quite consistent. Um, there's only it was only fourth in in flight two. Um, I think somebody with Venom actually did did better than me in the flight but you know venom because he is so powerful takes a little bit of a kind of a points um penalty just because you know the 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 weaker heroes tend to have some extra benefits in terms of points so yeah i'm seeing now I, it looks like logan just barely beat you out on uh yeah on a couple things although i'm very confused how that happened though because you've got oh his hero score is like two points higher that's how yeah decimal points it's it just it's just the the tiny the tiny little things um so looking at kind of for the league uh looking at hero selection i think unsurprisingly venom topped the selection at 29 percent um tied for second is gamora and iron man at uh 23 each uh rocket raccoon at 15 percent and then uh miss marvel at 10 percent you know one of these one of these rounds i need to pick the the hero the number five hero i need to just do it i need to just say you know i know this sucks but i'm gonna do it just for the for the fun of it but so yeah not not too surprised there i think um looking at overall kind of uh success um it looks like venom in yeah as far as like approval rating goes when you factor in everybody who's played it looks like venom in first iron man in second gamora in third rocket in fourth miss marvel in fifth and really it's it's kind of more two clumps cuz the kind of win percentage and approval ratings of the top yeah. 3 venom iron man and gamora were all really similar i don't think i don't think there's kind of like an important difference in how those ones yeah. performed ultimately and Rocket and Ms. Marvel are kind of similar. They're like a tier down in terms of how well they ultimately did. With yeah. they kind of had similar yeah. performance between them. All right. Um, well, let's. You you did some you did some great research here on uh, decks worth discussing uh, in the league. So take it away. This ends up being really fun. I really appreciate everybody who who kind of shares their their decks. And you know, I pay attention to what people are discussing as we're going, and then I reach out to the people who you know the top three to five people in each. For each choice, in this case, it was each hero, and kind of see what sort of things they did. Because I'm especially excited to see people who just take approaches that are different from everybody else and meet success. So the you know the top performer with with Venom was was Logan, who um, is is in tier two, and they they kind of went with um, a heavy ally upgrade strategy. So they had lots of ally upgrades, which you know leadership does does well and there's lots of stuff you can put on on guardians and then there's a few avengers in the deck and some uh, avengers only upgrades so you know that's and uh, and and some command team to get extra use out of those those allies once they have upgrades um a few folks to trace ae and myself kind of did something that was just going hard for those allies that let you dig into your deck, like White Tiger, who lets you draw two or three cards in this round because Venom was stage two or three, or your Nick Furies or your Iron Hearts or any of those cards that let you draw when you when you play them and just kind of 
establish lots of allies and uh and just go that was that was how i how i ended up doing it and then i i took it although band together makes me very nervous um because i i absolutely hate when i have no ally on the board and that card's in my hand it it, it it's that's the worst anyway um this one was pretty reliable to have a ton of allies on the board so band together was just you know it was often a three resource card i loved it yeah that is uh yeah and maybe there's a l- maybe a little less risk about the uh for the band together because we get these campaign conditions the tactical scanners or emergency teleporter if you want it but a little bit more reliable to get someone on the board so it's not a dead card well it was almost trivial to especially because we also had those heroes for hire those zero cost ones in our deck you know to to end the first turn with two to three allies on the board was pretty easy so at worst those band togethers were only one um but they were up to three so that i i don't know i it was definitely I kind of leaned into that because we had access to um, Welcome Aboard, which is a Guardian locked event that lets you um, have a have a cost reduction for your next ally of two. So it's effectively um, a double resource for playing allies. I actually didn't lean into that one. I leaned into the band together instead. Yeah, I went three copies of uh, Welcome Aboard in, in mine with Gamora, but yeah, I could see. Argument for both, because yeah, I don't, I don't know. There was a single turn I didn't have at least, you know, two allies ready to go. Right, D- doesn't help you in any way with the uh, heroes for hire, but that's that's fine. They're they they pay off anyway. Um, Iron Man. Again, you didn't try out Iron Man, and you're kind of not even necessarily that familiar with Iron Man. So the he's dead to me. What, what? So Iron Man has this thing where his hand size is one. Every tech upgrade you have out increases your hand size by one up to a max of seven. So he kind of has access to the most ridiculous hand size once once he's actually fully set up. And the thing that happens is there's actually not a ton of kind of regular tech upgrades outside of the ones in his kit in the game. But there are a bunch of ally upgrades that are tech upgrades. So there's not ones that just kind of go on the board. Most of them attach to allies in terms of tech upgrades. And and those ones are actually eligible to help you with Iron Man's hand size. So leadership is a great one for that because that's actually where most of these tech upgrades grade uh, live. So you know, I when I was playing, I just kind of tried getting out some allies, getting out a bunch of those tech upgrades. Um, I even just kind of did the health one so that my my allies would end up getting a bunch of extra attacks. And then and then going from there when I was just playing around with it, and then I was surprised to see you know uh, my my alliance mate Astrodar who actually had you know pretty successful round. He didn't use any ally upgrades. Um, he did kind of this regroup and card draw thing like you were talking about, um, but he did bring in three plasma pistols, which is you know one. It's a basic a basic tech upgrade. Its impact on the board is not huge it's a restricted card so you can only have a max of two restricted cards it has three charge counters and it's just exhaust and spend a charge counter to deal one damage so you know sometimes getting that one extra damage to deal with a minion or ping off a tough or anything can be really helpful but it's still ultimately three damage for for three net cost is not is not that efficient however it does increase your hand size and if anybody pays attention to astrodar decks uh he 
always uses power at all of us or almost always like he kind of really builds into the basic part with a splash of the aspect so so that two cost um upgrade is 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 a little bit cheaper from that perspective um but anyway i was i was just curious to see that's the route he went he found good success but he didn't he didn't go into the ally upgrades he just kind of said no no i'm going to dig into my deck and find my main upgrades and and play those and then we saw some other fun things like people again what leadership and those those campaign upgrades allow is you know some really big avengers assemble type teams and stuff like that and so we saw a bunch of different strategies in terms of the people i kind of thought there was one obvious strategy is you know you just put a whole bunch of ally upgrades on allies and get your hand size big and go and people did way different things um we also had uh uh Watobu, I don't know how you pronounce that properly, but what they did is they brought out Giant Man, which is a five-cost ally with four health, two thwart, two attack, and he has two attack, plus two attack when he has three or more health or hit points. And so he kind of waited, uh, so, so Watobu waited around for prison camps to come out, which is that side scheme that's when it's defeated, you get to pull out an ally. Then they went and found Giant Man from that, you know, pumped up Giant Man with some upgrades to to have some pretty big board impact. And you know, again, those those are the things that I find I find fun outside of Solo Champions League to try to make some of those things work. I find within Solo Champions League they're usually a bit prohibitive in terms of how well they perform, except for in these rounds where we have a bunch of extra upgrades from the campaigns that you you actually can get some of this stuff to happen pretty quickly. Well, it's even interesting. One of the one of the observations that is sort of hitting me as I've looked at like a lot of uh, decks that have done well in this league um, are more than forty cards. Like, uh, I mean, even just looking at uh, like Astrodar's deck, you know, he's sitting at forty five. Uh, granted, I think the basic Thor upgrade and tactical standard factor into that, so I think it's technically forty three. I don't know how that works. I'm just looking at Marvel CDB, but it is interesting at least to see kind of the or one of the things about, like, in, in a lot of competitive games that, like, I play, if you can go above a certain number, most competitive people say, don't do it. Like, just stay at the, the smallest amount to make your deck more consistent. But there is a level in this league where you can go above it, and it, it kind of breaks some of the uh, conventions of deck building that, especially when you can tactical scan and draw five, or when you're locked into you can only play one version of an ally, but you want a lot of allies, you might play more allies in general. Um... So, but I, I always I feel that pressure of like I need to stay at forty, and then I look at some of these decks that do really well, and I'm like, well, maybe maybe even just mentally, I'm I'm locked into a an idea that a deck philosophy, deck building philosophy that I don't need to be locked into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's certainly some discussions that that go on like that, and we we you know we have those within our alliance as well, and we know you know two of the top performers in overall Baby Corn and Fang Thane both tend to make these decks that are a little bit bigger tend to have a lot more one ofs uh, or two ofs instead of three ofs and kind of are almost like they build their decks with lots of multi-use utility cards um yeah and and then they kind of play play the game that the hand is there they play the hand that they have as opposed to playing the deck you know yeah as a quick preview to the current round we're in the middle of with Doctor Strange 
there there's some motivation to actually have a larger deck size in this specific one because um once you cycle through the deck and get that extra encounter card kind of using <laughs> again quick preview you have an ability to cancel one treachery per turn in against ronin and so the fewer encounter cards that you can draw on any given turn the better and and so you're actually a little bit motivated to try to not especially because dr strange cycles through his cards so fast you're motivated to maybe try to not go through your deck as fast as as you normally might want to when you're playing against ronin and so even just pushing for a slightly bigger deck to to kind of draw that out a little bit is you know there's 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 ways in which it's beneficial, right? Make it so you go a maximum of twice through your deck instead of always going three times through your deck, for example. Uh-oh, we lost you, David. Mic check. Hello. Hey yo. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I I don't know what happened. I, I'm connected over here, but I just kept talking, so we'll keep rocking. Okay. So I we we were just I was just uh, going on and on about why why a bigger deck against this Doctor Strange round was reasonable. Uh, you want to hit Gamora? Uh, yeah. Let's let's talk about Gamora. You actually ended up playing a deck that was. You know, kind of in the vein that we saw Kennedy Hawk and Matthew Noodles play, both you know both had pretty pretty good success this past round. Kennedy Hawk had was the top Gamora performer from from this past round, um, and they did this toe to toe regroup. You know, I I do I do love that combo, and I think you know when I played re- regroup, one of the painful things about regroup, I don't know if this has been your experience, but one of the painful things about regroup is when you play it. And then you're ultimately only able to bring one ally back into your hand because you just get the one villain attack and nothing else happens because it it only happens in response to when an ally is defeated by an enemy attack. So you actually want a round where multiple attacks are happening. Yep. And and so toe to toe gets around that whole issue. And there's very few characters who can actually pull off toe to toe and regroup in the in the same thing, right? Gamora, Adam Warlock, Spider Woman. Um, so the it, it's a neat combo that only a few heroes have access to, and I definitely love that people were able to use that to great success because it is very satisfying to get those allies back into your hand and get more activations out of them. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun deck. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, anytime you can kind of cross-aspect build, it, it opens up some new lines of play that are very interesting. So um, Gamora is very strong. So I think that was one primary strategy we saw from a few places, right? Um, that you, you know you already discussed. You took that approach. We saw a few other folks try something that I consider to be a little bit more kind of traditional Gamora, which is leaning into status effects a little more because the the off aspect cards, you know, you have like concussive blow, um, or anyway, there's there's attack cards in both justice and aggression that can get you stun effects or or confuse effects and so you can kind of lean into those and facilitate being able to flip and and all those other things and and so kind of just rounding out her kit is you know we did see a few people that kind of took that approach and and leaned into the status effects a little more than into this toe-to-toe regroup combination 
Yeah, for sure. Because you could definitely, I mean, flip into Gamora's Alter Ego, look at that top card, and if it's Attacker Thor, add to your hand. A lot of good, a lot of good of uh, card draw there too. So it's great. And then um, the the Agent of Shield, which is kind of the best overall round. We we saw Lofty Ravens had two turns and twenty three HP, which is just one hundred percent silly. Um, that you can go they they shared their tale of of how the the game played out but it was you know just kind of this amazing thing where everything went their way and they were able to actually get through the this in two turns holy cow yeah sorry i was uh, i was reading his uh, his tale there and i was like oh okay that's really uh um that is uh, that is something else should we read it sure go for it okay god so this is just a little like sizzle reel sports center top 10 okay so Lofty Ravens writes, I had Tactical Scanner and Recovery Upgrade. Heroes for this game were Moon Knight and Shang-Chi. I had 16 cards by the end of round one through Tactical, Nowhere, Clear the Area, Moon Knight, and her Alter Ego ability. I got both Decisive Blows, saw my, all my double resource cards by the end of the game. The villain turn was a complete washout as I had Cross Counter in hand, which is a great card. I do love that card. Um, and the two encounter cards were Give, Red Skull, Tough, uh, Discard and Upgrade. I pitched the Recovery. Uh, I had Drax and Rocket out by end of turn one. Prison Camps was the side screen that came out after Red House. I got Groot from that and was able to play Blaze of Glory in both turns to win. Uh, Blaze of Glory, that card too. Right, so Blaze of Glory is the kind of Guardian's equivalent to uh, Avengers Assemble. So it's just a, a way to give a whole bunch of extra stats to all your Guardians traded things. Yeah. That is wild. Congratulations. What, what a game. Yeah, pr- pretty amazing. All right, let's go to Rocket. So yeah, Rocket, again, uh, hero that I absolutely love, but kind of not not the most efficient choice for this this one overall. Uh, both Baby Corn and Fang Thane, like folks I said, who who like to play these, these bigger decks, use lots of one-ofs, uh, end up choosing Rocket and having great success. One of the things that I really liked, Fang Thane uh, shared their one of their combos that they had was they would you know sneak attack, which allows you to choose an ally in your hand that shares a trait with your identity and put it into play, and then it's kind of like Nick Fury. It leaves um, at specifically at the end of the phase, not the end of the the round. But they would sneak in Gamora. Gamora has this ability of when you attack with her, or more so when you activate her, she she draws until you get an event card. So she not only gets the impact of the attack, but she also gets you a card. And then you can use go down swinging, which is discard an ally. You control deal damage to an enemy equal to that ally's printed cost. So you can then use a zero cost card to do three damage with an ally that was going to leave play anyway. With a deck that is 50 cards and lots of one ofs, you know, how much this whole thing came up, who knows, but, you know, Gamora being able to actually find a go down swinging because it's an event card with, with her ability is, is also on the table. So I think it, it probably was just great fun whenever that actually worked out. Uh, we also saw, you know, some ally swarm strategies um, and, you know, the lots of people that had good success with Rocket for sure. Yep. Yeah, I did the uh, sneak attack go down swinging um, strategy for her the uh, Scarlet Witch round. So I was like, right. oh, I just decided. Because at one point I was like, oh, I could do it again, but I wanted to do something a little different. So the regroup uh, toe-to-toe thing seemed a little bit more uh, enjoyable. But yeah, it's still very cool. I hear you. And then Ms. Marvel? Yeah, Ms. Marvel. The the elusive uh, 
Ten uh, percent uh, last choice, Miss Marvel. Yeah, so I mean, Miss Marvel, we definitely saw. Um, I mean, I think she's, you know, overall a, a fairly well-rated hero in terms of her performance in the league. So she didn't, you know, she didn't get a big boost um, like some some of the heroes get a boost just because they're kind of weaker heroes. Um, her top score was was just about 92 as compared to high 90s for the rest of the heroes. So you really saw, you know, the people that perform fairly well in the league when they, the ones that chose Ms. Marvel just kind of didn't do as well, despite the fact that they kind of, you know, they still had reasonable performances. They just didn't end up doing as well on average as, as everybody else. Um, and then th- this was one that I hadn't actually considered, um, but I really liked something that came up and now and this was something that was possible with with any of our our choices but you know you probably had the situation where we only have three ally slots and you're actually needing to replace an ally before they've they've met their full use because you just have limited slots right you want to get the yeah. down and you have to you have to sacrifice somebody else to make to make room yeah and so uh Rekatol, um used kind of an ally swarm with last stand and last stand is this zero cost event when an ally you control attacks it gets plus three attack for their attack and then after the attack resolves discard the ally so just a nice way to get three extra damage out of something that was otherwise just going to get pitched anyway i i like i like that strategy i definitely i don't think i was consistently trying to replace my my allies to the point where i would want to use that because i was using triskelion and and nowhere but um I definitely like that approach. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. When I, and even just the card, I forget last stand is even a card. <laughs> like, um, which is a fine card. It just definitely requires a lot of like build around. Yeah. And, and so it, you know, the fact that you have these two extra allies that cost zero in, in your deck and you're going to be bringing them back out with make the call and you know that your ally slots are going to be really tight this this game. Um, I love that as a tech card, but you're right. Like it's not, a, it's not a card when I'm looking through just kind of in regular deck building that I'm even looking at. But man, props to you guys for trying Miss Marvel. Yeah, uh, one day, one day, maybe I'll have the courage to, uh, to play the, that number five hero that ends up at the, uh, the end of the interest list. But um that was not this week. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, there was no out and out terrible choice. I mean, like I said for myself earlier was I kind of, I felt like I would be missing out on what was fun about Ms. Marvel by choosing her. You know, I think if it leaned into what was fun about her, I would still, even if I knew the performance was going to be worse, I would be much more likely to choose it. Yep. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for round four. Um, any final thoughts on round four? No, I mean, that was good fun. I, I definitely am looking forward to taking on some of these villains without all the extra help. I I did love how much extra help Commissioner Bear gave us all this this past season. Um, for you know, we, we played multiple Rise of the Red Skull villains with upgrades, and that was that was pretty fun. Um, I I like and those allies and those allies. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I mean, the the campaign upgrades, like broadly speaking. Um, I think it was really fun. I kind of look forward to having, getting to play some of these these baddies, w- without all the extra help. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so we're in we're in round five. We're, we're releasing this um, episode a little bit later. Um, 
due to uh well when we were supposed to record last week i actually had food poisoning so that was fun um but uh yeah so we're releasing this a little later so we're actually getting towards the last uh last few days of round five um but if you are curious about round five or you you know you um just didn't know we're currently we're in the the dreaded the intimidating the a big nasty round that includes the one and only Ronan the Accuser. Um, it's finally happened. Uh, Ronan the Accuser on expert uh, with power drain, with power stone, and ship command. Um, but his mouth bear did did us a solid, uh, and the hero we're all locked into is Doctor Strange. So you know we're not all like she hulking our way into Ronan or something. Um, and then, uh, obviously, all the aspects are available, and we get four marketplace units from Galaxy's Most Wanted. So, I have not played my games yet. I still need to get my games in. Um, but I know there's been a lot of talk about this round in the Discord. A lot of uh, lot of tears shed. A lot of celebratory moments. A lot of well, th- a lot of comments like, "Well, thank God I don't have to play Ronan ever again." <laughs> kind yeah. of things too. I, so. Back in the box, he goes. Yeah, <laughs> go go collect dust, please. Uh, but yeah, so I'm a little I'm a little scared, but I'm you know excited. Uh, I have not played Doctor Strange in a while because obviously he's just so solid and feels very powerful playing him. But um, yeah, well, I I've actually, although I don't intentionally set out to play Doctor Strange, um, in the most recent Scheme League, which just wrapped up. I was playing with with Drew, um, who's a kind of reasonably well known deck builder on on Marvel CDB, and we we drafted Strange and Ant Man. Um, we we had the first pick, and so Strange was kind of kind of the automatic. And so, and I was I was piloting Strange, so I've been playing quite a bit of Strange lately, including this round. Well, I'll probably start combing through all the the deck lists on the Discord, and uh, and although I will say. Hey, props to Kennedy Hawk. He made a full video on tips for taking on Ronin for the community. He did it kind of for the league, but also just in general. And I, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. So if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it. I'll try to link it in the show notes too um, for those who are interested in seeing it. But you can find that on their uh, Marvel Champions monthly YouTube channel as well. Thank you, Kennedy Hawk, for for sharing that. It was a kind of amazing resource because I think you know. Like you've been saying, you're you're a person who doesn't necessarily have the time or take the time to do a bunch of practice. And there's lots of folks in the league that still want to be somewhat well informed, but don't necessarily have the ability to invest the time, right? So, you know, you kind of find the ebbs and flows of a lot of these scenarios by playing them a ton or by kind of learning from community knowledge. And so it was awesome for Kennedy to generate some of that community knowledge. Yep. Well, I think that'll do it for us. We, we've we got some plans doing for the next few weeks. Obviously, we will cover round five uh, as per usual. Um, and then our goal is to get Innsmouth Bear in on uh, kind of a between-season episode, um, kind of talking about you know the past and the present and future and all the fun things. And, and we'll have some Sinister Motives chat in there at some point. So we're trying to figure out all those details right now. But... Just know we've we've still got a lot of content coming um, as we kind of head into the uh, summer months, and so it, and if you've been listening to this, it's a great time to start preparing yourself to uh, jump into the league for season eleven because that'll be coming in just a couple weeks. So um, if you've been sitting on the sidelines, now's a great time to even just 
prepare yourself because we're even expanding uh, into Mad Titan Shadow and some of the new stuff that uh, that came from there. So I'm I'm excited for that as well. I'm I'm excited to learn from Innsmouth Bear kind of what we're going to expect to see from there. You know, n- not necessarily tell us exactly, but you know, are all the villains on the table? Are all the heroes through to the end of the cycle on the table this round? That sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, I loved that box. So I'm just excited. I I, I truly just right. uh, those are some fun hero or some fun villains. So. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for us. Um, Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Hopefully the audio is a little better this round. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us on the road to nowhere, Josh. It's been a pleasure. David, as always, lovely talking Marvel Champions with you. All right, guys. We will see you in the next one.